he at least didn't have a hand in something. There's too many coincidences where he least, I think he helped hide the body or dispose of the body. I don't think he killed her. I think he helped hide the body. Are we going to get into this? Yeah. I'll get into it. Let's get, okay. fucking do it. <laughs> All right, two parts. This, this is Hello, good Nick. evening, and welcome to Crime Talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, if you haven't uh, watched Naked and Murder, fucking wake up and get out of the rocket runner. Anyways. <laughs> okay, we're gonna, I'm going to go around the table. So, you started out. You think Avery had something to do with the cover. Yeah, so I don't think he, I don't think he killed the girl, but I think he had a hand in exposing the body. I'm trying to remember back. It's been almost two years since I watched that, but... Wasn't he, didn't he like have her come out a bunch of different times? Because she, she came out and said, yeah, because I got that fire. She said, yeah, because I The auto trainer magazine with her. He kind of harassed her from that stuff. Yeah. The car was on there in their driveway. Yeah. If he said bone, her bones in the car. Yeah. Yeah, granted, maybe he didn't pull the trigger. He knew what was going on. He was involved in that somehow. He's brought her there multiple times. He's the only link to her being there ever. Otherwise, she would never been in that property other besides Stephen Avery. She, 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 she knew him. I think, I don't, I don't, I don't think Stephen Avery knew he might have planned it. I don't know if he wanted it to happen, but he sure as shit helped hide the body and dispose of the well, no, it was in the garage. Was it in the house or in the garage? There was something in the house leading into the home. I know that. Her keys were behind, right? Her keys yeah. were behind something? It was behind the dresser. So I'm a bitch. The thing is, that is question. I'm going to let you finish. It was like the fourth time they had been in church the house, and then all of a sudden the one sheriff who had a grudge against Avery found the keys. So like, even admitting that, there's still, why is there road fragments in there when we had people on record saying Avery was outside during that time, the day she was killed with a fire? Um, I mean, it's, there's too much shit that would happen where he doesn't have a hand in what happened. And that's simple as that. Are we done? One last thing. And the fact that he had been wrongfully convicted in no way affects whether or not he did it this way. So, so you can't kind of credit him for having done, you know, been wrongly convicted and say, well, because of that, how could he have done this? You know, there, there are two independent things. I'm done now. And go. Okay. So. Get air, Dick. Let's go. Piling thoughts now. So when you when you look at everything, wrongfully convicted. I know we're not gonna try to put that in here, but I think that plays a part into it because it led to the prosecution and the dissertations on the original police force that convicted him for that rape. So we had to against him because what he did that sheriff what? There's like three or four of these assholes that were part of this situation with his gun 
severely pointed gun at his wife and things like that. So he gets out of prison. How do you explain the day after, or the day before the final dissertation on that trial, the wrongful conviction suit, that he gets convicted for the murder? He's a prime suspect. First of all, no, that's, that's, that's a weird occurrence. Let's get the chat there here real quick. Even even if the place, the, the department really had a grudge against Avery, I don't think it's going to, it's, they're not going to plant all that evidence to convict him. They're just, there's, there's too much. I don't think it was a full plant. I think he found a body in a car that was... He's like, well, let's just try to put in some Stephen Avery so we're not in fucking trouble anymore. Because that, that uh, it wasn't Link, but it was Colburn. Agent Colburn, when he calls in that plate number for the car and said, hey, is this that, that, uh, that Rav, whatever he had, that SUV, that green SUV, he calls in a plate number. He's like, is that the one of the missing person? He's like, she's the one, right? He's like, okay. Why would you that call that in if you end up finding if, if your theory was finding that on his property he killed her and parked that car on his property? Where were you to call that thing in before you even have this whole investigation for this this murder? So here's my rebuttal on this. My thought is. You had no idea. Oh, I had a head idea. Don't be a dick. Um, okay, so even if they were trying to. I understand where they were trying to frame him for pin the murder on him himself. I'm not. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that the case should be retried because of how mismanaged everything. But the, the main fact is, she died on that property. His property. There, there, there are things that would not have been placed by cops that link him to the murder. She died there. I, I'm not saying he killed her. I, I, I do agree. The prosecution was trying to frame the murder on Avery because they hate his ass because <laughs> they, they proved him wrong after all these years. But the fact being. She died on his property with some evidence that points to him being at least associated with the murder itself. And it's perfectly logical, I think it's part of your point, it's perfectly logical to start when somebody disappears with the last place you knew where they were. And okay. she had... Her publisher, whoever published that Harold uh, magazine, knew where she was going, that that was her last appointment with Dad, yeah. or something like that. And then you lose track of her after that. That is a logical place to stop. No, okay, no. Now, no. So I get, I get that's a logical place to start, but there's a lot of unexplained. So, they, they found some of the, the, the fragments of the bone in that quarry that's miles away from the the, the dump site or whatever they're referring to it as. And they found it in the burn barrel and they found it in that pit. They have a car that one of the detectives that was originally on the case to try wrongfully try Stephen Avery for the rape 
um, finds this car that he calls in and says, hey, is this that car, that missing person? Okay, great. If it's on the property, you have no business finding this car and calling in the place. So how that car wound up on the property after the day before you start investigating the morning, you find the car, you call this in. So the car was planted. Oh, they were disputing the fact that they tried to trade me for the murder. But if they're going to go, but if they're going to plant the car and that key, remember that they had another investigation team from another county because, like, the Manitowoc County should not have been a part of the investigation at all for weeks on that property. Did not find the key. The second the Manitowoc County steps in, they find the key in that room that they searched over 15 times before. So if they're going to go through the forest of planting the key and planting the car, why wouldn't they fight the murder on two days? I cannot refute your point. Uh, that whole thing with the two is really, really sketchy. Sketchy, yeah. Um, I don't think we're arguing the fact that he was framed for the murder at all. But there's a lot of evidence, like I said, the murder happened on Avery's property. It, it didn't happen on the property, it happened at the river two miles down, and they brought her body back to the property. The cops didn't do it. The cops didn't kill her. That was one of the theories going around. I think you agree with me, and you probably do too, that the cousin killed her. He had the exact caliber rifle, there were empty shells in the garage. He killed her. But I'm telling you, man, Avery had a part in getting rid of the body. That's right. Yeah. I, I agree with you tenfold that the cops framed Avery just for the murder alone. I think there were other facts and pan evidence. I'm not saying they didn't do that. But he had a part in the murder. I see. I mean, that's, that's really weird. If you could believe that he planted evidence to pin the murder on him, how do you get to the stretch that he had something to do with murder? Because there's too much. There's too much, man. I understand a cop finding the car. I understand a cop finding blood. I understand a cop playing the key. But there's way too much other than that that relates to being on his property. Not just on his property, right in front of his fucking trailer. And I would argue that there's just as much... <laughs> There's just as much evidence that they planned all that, though. Yeah, but that's like the apologize. But that's like the big. But like that's kind of the that's kind of the whole stick, isn't it? That's the whole reason why that that, that documentary is made to fool you. And I'm wrong. I got something in the madness as well when it first happened. It was a great documentary. It was fun to watch, and I was super pro Avery for a while. But like it's. That documentary literally made only show you the evidence that could be wavered. That's all that documentary showed. They didn't really show much else. They didn't show any of the prosecution side of the, the everything. They only showed what could get him off on trial. Just because he didn't pull the trigger did not mean he wasn't complicit in some way or he was involved in some kind of cover. So I believe he committed some crime associated with this because you're, you're, you're right, there's just too much. And all of that wouldn't have been fine. I can find his 
DNA of a whole car, like under the hood or something like that. Yeah, but that's Josh saying. But, but, but that can be explained because she was there to take pictures of the car. So if he's opening up the hood so they can take pictures of the car, he's opening up the doors, he's showing the interior so she can take pictures of it. Why wouldn't his DNA be in that car? But it was her. Didn't they find it on her? Was it her? Yeah. Okay. They found it on the one who was trying to sell Okay, so they took pictures of the car. Okay, that makes sense. There's too much to say all that was planned. It's a shitload of work for a couple of cops. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, hey man, if they're going to lose their fucking shirts and their jobs from that, that dissertation they just went through, that I mean, that wrongful conviction would have came down millions of dollars. That would have bankrupted the police force and that would have lost all their jobs. Like, they need to lose their jobs lost. Yeah. <laughs> Do I think it's possible that they said, okay, we got enough here that we have this evidence a little bit, we can bump him up from just being an accomplice to being the guy who pulled the trigger? Do I think that's possible? Yeah, I think there's enough doubt there to say, yeah, that may have happened. Yeah. Yeah. To say this guy had nothing to do with it, I can't and having to get three different girlfriends while he was with that amazes me a lot. I care too. And he wasn't even a good-looking dude either. No, he was a good-looking Chris Kringle was drinking a 40 OE every day and smoking a four pack of cigarettes. That's what he looked like for a long time. There's, a, there's really something strange about, and there's a, a ton of evidence of like how women are super into people in prison for whatever freaking reason, like Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy got married when he was on his trial. He proposed to somebody because he found this cool loophole that his, I think I think his lawyer's found a loophole. I think this is only one of my he found a loophole that he would get married while he was on trial if he did it in a court of public appearance, and he asked somebody to marry him as a, as a uh, character witness. Character witness went up. He asked him to marry him. He was legally married because of that. And then she couldn't cast him Yeah. Oh, okay. So that, that was the only thing they brought up. She was going to be a character witness. Only brought up before asking if she would marry him. And he was legally married at that point because he asked her in a court of public appearance. And she said yes. She said yes. And then he was married. Because he wasn't going to be able to get married in prison because he wasn't going to have a lot of visitations. So there wasn't like the, the court going to be involved in and everything. So, but he, he got married. Jeffrey Dahmer had like women all over him. His son Sam had a nephew with a fucking troll. There's something weird, like there's some sort of weird, like psychological thing with women and like serial killers, like they're super about it and you know, marry people in prison, convicted for crimes. It's insane. I don't know who that says more about it or less about it. It's funny. Yeah. The killer or the person that's willing to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand it. Very dichotomous in action. I mean, are you going around talking to yourself? Oh, there's a holy dance. Charles Effin Manson. You ever heard a little name called Charles Effin Manson? Yeah. Oh, a skelter? That's a little giving you a set of knives. <laughs> you want the full collection of the Beatles or that? I won't give you a copy of the White Album. No shadow. You want a toaster? I don't know what to do. There's some watercolors in there, a guitar and something. 
But they sell like murderability. Um, and there was some, there's a bunch of laws that came down through over the years that you couldn't sell like crime scene items and shit like that. But they would sell like handwritten letters from murderers and like paintings and stuff that they do in prison. John Wayne Gacy paintings go for like a quarter of a million dollars. Are you kidding? Yeah. Those things are gone They're fucking terrible. And nobody would ever give a shit about these stupid gay paintings unless the gay fucking murderer would paint them and like everybody would hear about them. And um, I've heard a story about victims of like the Aurora Massacre in the movie theater um, to pay for the medical bills have sold their like bloodstained clothes with like gold holes in them for thousands of dollars to pay for the medical bills. Because people have their own buy them. I don't know like I think it'd be cool to have a John Wayne Gacy painting because I'm just like weird like that but I don't know who gives that sort of fucking like who give people money for that sort of stuff. Like, like a Richard Ramirez, he does a bunch of doodles like when he was in prison and he started selling like these napkin doodles and stuff. Like hundreds of thousands of dollars for his Richard Ramirez doodles. But he doesn't, can he keep the money for that or does that happen? No, 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 that's uh, uh, that stopped with John Wayne Gacy. They stopped uh, having them being able to sell there because they put them into like a state or whatever for their kids and shit. Uh, so they, they can't get money from that anymore. But uh, people who receive letters can sell them. So once they're out, they can be resold. Yeah, yeah. So like, if, if you are a, a pen pal with a murderer, you can sell the letters for gain. So there's people who are like who are pen, who are pen pals with uh, Charles Manson now, who just sell the handwritten letters with Charles Manson. Yeah. 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 If there's any deals on there, well, put a little commissary in for them or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think there's got to be you know, like you used to do like gambling where you can get like like stuffed animals and stuff for gambling, but you can just turn it in for money. There's like some weird middleman thing that they do. Uh, would you want anything from like a murder crime scene or something like that? Like OJ Simpson's glove or something from his. His trial. I don't think you want it in front of murder. It's kind of it's a little morbid. Some bad juju with it. I'd take a painting from a guy in prison though. I mean, like an infamous like black club. Yeah. The guy with the black club that walks around. Uh, sorry. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you want to put a John Wayne Gacy over your fireplace? I'll put John Wayne Gacy over there. I'll put it in the fridge. Especially the photo of Clown, the famous photo of Clown that you see that like 12 by 16 that he did. That's that sold for over a quarter of a million dollars. And some museum has it, some like murder, like serial killer history museum or something has it now. The thing up there in Niagara Falls? <laughs> One of those things, yeah. I don't know what the Museum of Death or Hollywood or something like that. Yeah, but those people that have uh, like pieces of the, the Twin Towers and stuff, and there's people that have like a seat from. What was that? The school, the big school, like Columbine, like a desk from Columbine or something, or the the son of Sam's beetle that he drove around and stuff like that, just because it has like that attachment to the crime. 
It's cool, but I feel weird having it, I think, for the most part. I wanted to have the double I mean, the dog, but you understand, said, oh, I'm jealous, people. Well, at least that's what the dog said. <laughs> <laughs> On that joke. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so I think... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I liked it. I liked it. It was a rough I one. I mean, it had a... Chad <laughs> <laughs> gets a bigger laugh. It's like late smoke. You're late dad jokes? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I liked it. I was one of the worst I've ever heard. I don't know why you liked it. It was an inside trouble. <laughs> So, uh, wait, can't. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to finish the podcast. Oh, okay. Look at that extra. This is the next one. How long are you getting? It's an hour and a half now. Okay. I'll split up in two hours. Let's continue. So we can put, do it next week. So you're going to hear it kind of you're going to take something that should just be done and break it up into two? I might, I don't know. If I'm lazy and bored and When you brought that up about whether I would want something like that or not, my gut reaction was, well, no, that's a little morbid, but is that really any different than what I consider a I don't think it is. I think the only difference is the amount of time that's going by from the event to what you're working. So maybe like the newer it is, it's just too Really, it's some random soldier got shot, called it a day. So I think I think putting being able to put a face to something that you bought, like this guy painted this thing today. with this behind like I could never do something as heinous and terrible as these people do so they're just like these, these go through life like it's never and they like put two faces on something like that that's a really weird psychological thing that's just like really fascinating I think that's why in, in true crime in general that's why we talked about OJ Simpson trial and you know making a murderer and so involved into it because we just it's, it's a fascinating true crime is a fascinating thing and like kind of confronts us with and, and that sort of that mind space uh, with death and murder and people can cross people she's living you know what I mean it's not the bad it's not that, whatever they do is not that funny I'm going to tell you that right now we get a couple women together we get a couple beers and group gaggle of women is that what you call them gaggle of women I wouldn't do their faces because <laughs> you'll make fucking gaggle choked out, <laughs> scratching the eyes. Uh, I would. I don't know. I'd get something for it. I don't know how would it would. I, I like your point about like what what's the difference between that and then you know, war memorabilia or uh, tragic like tragic veteran memorabilia like that. Like if you had a piece of like the Challenger space shuttle or something, like what's the, the difference because. 
I just think because we, we consider those things like positive actions, like we went to war because we had to protect the country, we were trying to explore space, and that's why that happened, but if, it, if it's a very heinous crime and stuff, it, it has a different connotation to it, you're, you're a freak, you're a loser, if you like that sort of stuff type of thing, so people try to shy away from the war. Morbidness or things crash. Well, maybe it's a little easier to accept something that is either an accident or a tragic accident. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's a different thing to say. A, an act that was a group act, like a war or a civil war battle, as opposed to an act that one person maliciously perpetrated against the other, you know, that's a lot more of a... It's a reach, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think so I get the feeling that you wouldn't have anything from the actual crime itself, but maybe the person, you know, you'd expand yeah, that to, like, okay with, like, a Charles Manson song, like, written song or something like that, other than, like, Helter Skelter written on a mirror or something like that. Yeah. So I realized that I had, like, something he wrote before or after rather than... It's only happened in the actual murder itself. That's the cool. Tarantino's movie, The Manson Murders. Next, Tarantino's next movie is, a, is about the Manson Murders. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. That's going to be intense. It's crazy. But, uh, would you own something like a, a dead celebrity? Like uh, Romero. Romero died earlier uh, this week. So would you own like something like his? So like you know it's from him the problem, right? But but that's, he's the guy that you idolize at some point. Oh yeah, I don't have no problem. Yeah, I think that'd be super. Because I, I, I think that's a lot of part two. Because you, know, you see a lot of those artists, older artists, become super famous after they die because we never really appreciate them when they're around and like never look back and like oh they were masterpieces and all those people. So I think that's it's the same sort of idea behind that you have something from somebody who left his mark on history or pop culture or whatever the case is that it's cool to have something like this is this is tangible is something that held but I mean the, the circles are infamous they're famous for another reason you know I mean that's something that's a that's a historical like the Manson murders are a historical event and school shootings are a historical event and it changed like especially for like school shootings for example like that changed how everybody felt about going to school and we started putting double detectors in the things and like so we have something in common right? we have like the journals from Cuba like that that's, that's a significant piece of history that you hold right now even though it's more of a shit like you're dying it's a terrible day still the same ground I mean still the same for the memorabilia you know? But the notoriety of the object is based solely on the heinous aspect. So the other stuff we talk about, yes, especially in war or something like that, heinous acts are involved, but it's not the
Last question on that subject. Then. Is it a reflection of the person who who wants to put those sort of things, or is it a reflection of society in general that puts the negative connotation? I mean, negative no matter what. I mean, even if like. It was so caveman. You beat someone's head in, it's still a bad thing. I, I, I just, I think bad things are kind of ingrained in the mind no matter what, and it's learned over time. You kill something, you kill it either way. Yeah. I mean, given it, it's probably a whole more weight to heal like a human than a bug, but. This guy can't keep his shit together. What, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between buying a piece of memorabilia from the resale record buying the chainsaw or the I like where he's going with this. No one actually does in the Leatherface movie. But if you watch the film, okay, so then the only difference is one is a work of art. Same the unsettling subject matter. And one is a real part. The only difference in that case, the notoriety of that chainsaw is because of the type of movie it was in and the acts that occurred in that movie. I would say humans in general have a fascination with movies. Most of us tend to take it off and be, to one level or another, friends of horror movies or horror fiction or something like that. And that's as far as it goes. Yeah. So, Somebody for wanting to buy a piece of action. I'm perfectly happy to sit down and go Texas Chainsaw for the 50 seconds. Yeah. It's a hard distinction for me to say one's bad one's bad. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a really, that's a, that's a valiant point because looking, the whole point of horror movies is that. You know, I mean, outside looking in, you know it's bad. These people didn't really get murdered by a lot. The reason why you like the movie is because you suspend your disbelief and you pretend it's an actual thing. You, you're scared of it because it's something that could actually happen. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a look at mortality. It's a look at you know death and pain attacks and things like that. So... The only line between, like you were saying, the only line between what Leatherface does and what, you know, fucking Ted Bundy did was one was a form of, of entertainment and one was an actual pleasure or something. You know what I mean? So. That's, yeah, that's a. Uh, I don't think that's great for what makes us human. Because what kind of makes you kind of iffy on that idea in the first place is the idea of empathy. So, I don't want to own a knife used to murder somebody because I feel, I can feel what they're going through, what they went through, what happened. 
Who the fuck cares what happened with Michael Myers' life? It was a fake life in the movie that didn't actually kill anybody. So, I mean, I see your point where it's like we all got rocks off in our own ways. And, like, it doesn't matter because it's all about the same subject matter. But you can't really empathy to a pet chainsaw basket when you came to when you never get shot and killed. I mean, it's kind of kind of where it all comes to I agree with you. At that point, when it hits that close to home, but are you any closer to the Manson murders than you are the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? Ah. Or are they both kind of at that same level? They're both out there. I'm totally disconnected from them. All I know about them comes through media. And the only difference is I know one actually occurs one didn't. So, and there's, and there's kind of where it all lies. It's all in your perception of how you take things. Yeah, I think it's kind of the underlying thing of this whole thing. Is if you sold me a knife that used to kill somebody, but you don't tell me the history of it, and then it's a real knife, and it's already good. I'm not going to think twice about it. So I, it's probably only in the, the eye of the beholder than anything else. Yeah, I'm not advocating. Yeah. No, I'm not advocating double advocacy on, on, on the thought process because you, you're right. Cause I think that there's a thinner line there than a lot of people realize. And I think if you, if you broach a subject with anybody in general, like, like a weirdo like me, that, uh, hey, this knife actually killed somebody, you want to you know, fucking buy it, or this knife was in a Michael Myers movie that you saw 37 times. It's a very thinner line than a lot of people would, would think, and like, you said this really happened, and in your mind, no, that's fucking weird, that's really morbid and shit, and that's actually killed type of thing and our fascination with death and murder and I think it's just that our culture suppresses so much of that that when we get every little bit of actual like the, when the news comes on and someone got murdered and blah 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 like we just latch onto it and it's just it's just like we're watching a movie and we disassociate real life with movie at that point. Yeah, I definitely think on some level people do, but there's not, you lose that connection, that human connection to the act that's going on because you're getting it through the same routes that you get everything else. Yeah. I just watched said movie on this TV and now the news is on and someone murdered him saying the TV. And then the barrier just gets blurred for the most part. And, and I think it does play a part into, there's a lot of cultures out there that just embrace death fully, and it's not something that's so hushed. And it's, you know, they have parties around, like in Mexico, they have, you know, Diesta Muertos, and they're like partying around their dead people, and they're like entombing them, and like, hair care, like, so it's not scared. And there's newspapers that, like, when the cartel murder somebody, you just fill with images of, like, people's heads blown off and shit like that. It's insane. And, but I say it's insane because we're not used to any of that at all. But if you're just built around that sort of culture, and you're not afraid of death, and it's not such a foreign subject to you, then I don't think we would have such an fascination that we would with, with actual murders and serial killers and things like that. No, I think that's a really good point, that it's so suppressed in the society, you have this natural human, I don't want to say fascination, but at least interest in that, because needless to say, it's in the wrong application. Right, but when you, it's such a part of life, 
to have it be so suppressed is insane to me. Like, you know, it's, it's for not anybody confronting it at all, and we're thinking about all the things that have like, oh, how do you be, live a longer life? And like, I'm all good with that shit. I want to live until like 900 years old to be a vampire. I think I'll be a vampire like, one of these days. But like, you have all these these uh, these products that are, are advertised for you and touched, and then when you do a funeral, it's like you're buried, you're done, you will never see this body again. We don't have the exposure to it for such a large part of what living actually is, is death. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have two phases. You live and then you die. And that's like 50% of what your whole existence is, is completely squelched. There's no confronting of it. Yeah. And then when we get those little pieces of confronting, that's when we finally, like, we have that interest. Because I think it's just the main human interest about our mortality. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why religion is so big. And that's why, you know, you know, having to test things in the field is so big. And that's why I'm scared to walk on the street a certain time even if I get hit by a car and die. So that, it's just, it's, there's a fascination with it that I think we need to, like, as a society, push into more. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't know what happens when we die, so it's, we need a chance to peek into that kind of uh, mentality and that kind of that lifestyle. You kind of want to see what they're going through, what makes them get that close to death in the first place. Yeah. What a browser episode. I think this might be our best, man. Dad came in and said, is, 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 it, is it funny? Is it? No, obviously not. No, <laughs> it really isn't. It's a very depressing episode. I think it has a lot of hot brokenness that this podcast is really lacking at some point. And we think a lot of things, that's for sure. I mean, it's, and I, I don't see that as that at all. I, I think we can, we can come and have a really fucking silly, dumb, shitty episode. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with discussion. We can have an episode that's about video games. We can have, you know... There's nothing wrong with talking discussion about... I'm not saying it's a taboo thing, but... Subscribe to us. So, for those fans, great. <laughs> yeah, if you want to help an episode, I'm yeah. And I think hopefully coming to places like this that are new and we're, we're fresh faces there, we can get uh, a little bit more uh, kind of get our advertisement out there. We still got to get a logo done. We still got to get uh, the whole time. Yeah, I'll get a logo done. We get some uh, business cards put together. We can have people like take it and stuff. So, Jake's working on it. We'll have a, we'll have a logo here soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to him putting something together. He's Jake's going to fucking fun artist. Uh, he's, a, he's a good fucking artist. So. I just have my tattoo artist who's been doing a logo for us. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, he's super excited about it. I just hope this gets to the pub that we're waiting on. We've been stuck at this uh, 65 number for a while, so trying to get more likes. It maxed out for us, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I invited everybody that was ever been friends with in my life and like half of them did. So I've had a few stragglers that come on in like certain locations that we've done and kind of like their shit. So it's interesting. We're still trying to get to the 100 likes and give away the fun gift card to the company. So. Do you expire 
fully believe it I am. I don't think we've ever introduced Dad to the podcast. I think he was just there and talking in front of it. So. Oh, was there a father? Our father, James. It's technically our second guest on it because Liv was on an episode. So, there's family members. Well, we met the whole family, yeah. We met the whole family. I prefer a special guest. You're a special guest. You're an expert guest. Conversation and it's a lot better than I the best, that's for sure. <laughs> I hope it not provokes a lot of people and the comments on the Facebook page probably won't happen. <laughs> probably will not happen. Yes, but they don't. They don't. They don't. Uh, like a few dark turns. Yeah. Well, it's just rabbit holes, but it's all right. No, but I, I'm thinking about like if I if I were listening to podcast, I'd be I'd be kind of I'd be intrigued to it in the status because I'm like I'm like, yeah, I think I think there'd be a person or two out there that'd be intrigued in the listening to this particular episode. And not, Location super cool. If it wasn't for the uh, the bridal shower we had going on behind us, it would be better to listen to overall. Can we talk about this place yet? I think at the very beginning, but uh, we didn't really know that. We're at the TD Company, open in Barbican, about two weeks old now. Uh, I mean, if we like all the beers we have in it, when that coffee blonde was insane. Like, that was really good. Straight coffee taste, huh? That was kind of weird. It's a blonde ale? Yeah. It's, like, I never, yeah, so. The owner, I had a few moments with him. He's super cool. I mentioned a couple times he's in the metal, so he's gonna be, he's a cool dude. And uh, I think it's good to have this sort of places pop up around here. Um, so you know, supporting small business, not drinking Bud Light. That's just fucking garbage. Like, don't don't drink that shit anymore. Come here, have a coffee bond, and we'll change your life. It's really fun to a couple of friends that. Uh, that's all they drink beer-wise is, is, is Bud Light, right? They went to uh, BJ's Brewer House. They tell me the story, like, they went down to get some food because they were out in that area, the North, North Canton area, right? And uh, they went in there and they asked for a Bud Light. First of all, I'm going to punch you in the throat going to BJ's asking for a Bud Light, but they didn't have it. They didn't have it on tap or anything, so they're like, well, what's the most... The closest thing that you have that's the Bud Light. It's it some blonde or anything. And he's like, no, I really want it. Like, yeah, because you're just going garbage, piss water, shitty beer, and then you actually have a good beer and now you like it. So I think that uh, places like this around here is really going to get that, that all relative. They're not going to serve Bud Light here to you. Let's find something that's close. And then let's try this. And then let's try this. So uh, this whole area is really prone to having that explosion. And there's tons of places that are open over the next couple years that are just going to pull people and now that the ABV law is gone it's going to be off the wall with, with certain flavors and ABV and it's going to go with that direction so it's going to be really good to see Feel to it, yeah. Um, but the beer is good. It was like at the two months. They great beer. Yeah, two months is really good beer too. They, they don't have the best like looking location. They're working on it because they got they got the lease in place 
like two years before they planned to, so it's a, it's a work in progress. We got, I had two beers, three beers there, and they're both fantastic. They're really good. So, I like you had a few experiences at uh, brew pubs. Quite a few experiences. appreciation for craft beers because of that at the end of the day because I mean most people experience with, with beer in the first place is like Cold 45 and Fried Houses and Bud Light and, and like beer form shit and uh, you're always like you always kind of stress like quality and quantity to us as beers from all over and you always think I remember the game thing stories that we had and we had to drive to PA to get cases of Yingling and now that's like garbage to us anymore because that's just that's just so for, you know it was so foreign back in the day now it's how Miller Light was uh, expressed to everybody <laughs> yeah and it's uh, yeah you know it's, it's an evolution as you taste it all yeah the great thing about it is you just have so many choices now you can experiment and explore these things that before you just did not have the choices yeah the whole time limit like yingling was something exotic because you couldn't get it in a while. Drive an hour and a half. Right. And now it's literally more choices than I think I could ever drive. Right. And they're everywhere. And they're like shirts outside of local groceries. Right. And that, yeah, it's a good time to be alive and get like craft beer. And then you being the, the inspiration of us just drinking craft beer. And that inevitably led to this podcast. And when you think about it, we went to a craft beer, we talked. Little cool shit like we've done now, and now let's put a mic in front of us. But that's the only difference to what we've ever done before. So, so we have this giant phallic black mic in front of us, and uh, now you're listening to it, whoever is listening to it. Uh, so, yeah, just gonna wrap it up. We're almost two hours, it's pretty insane. It's pretty nice. It's fun, right? good time, but we'll have we'll definitely have you on again because that was that was a blast. Yeah, we kept, Ozzy did it, Steven Avery did it, and uh, murder stuff is. Murder happens. Yeah, but uh, as we always say, definitely like our fucking Facebook page. We're trying to get 200 likes. Trying to get some new peeps out here. We have ten dollars of your dollars to High Hope Brewing, so you can have it for yourself. That will give you two beers there. Depending what size, it's all yeah, yeah. like six. Uh, we'll talk to uh, John about it, and then uh, might, he might hook you up. But uh, thanks for listening to us. Definitely subscribe to the Facebook. Get our All right, that's been episode eleven. One more pint, and we'll talk to you later. I don't know where my fucking mouse is. Stop recording it. Oh, wait, there it is. Okay.